this rather gruesome and distressing scene with Herod and John the Baptist um, gives us a bit of an insight, I think, into how our fight against sin can go, particularly how it can go from bad to worse if we give in at different stages, because we see that all along um, Herod has this respect for John and doesn't want to do him any harm. Uh, from the beginning it says that he knew him to be a holy man and he gave him his protection um, but still there was that challenge to Herod of whether he was actually willing to do um, what he was being convicted was right um, because he, he knew that John was a good man and he didn't want to do him harm but he was torn between um, this one desire in his heart but then also this wife that was his actually, actually his brother's wife that he's taken and he also wanted to please her and not upset her. So he was trying to do his two things. And what goes wrong, I think, is that instead of following the voice of truth that's coming to him, that he recognises as the voice of truth, um, saying that, okay, you're living in a sinful situation and you should um, perhaps stop that, he tries to have it both ways. And so often when um, we hear... Uh, a message convicting us of sin, um, saying that this is a bad thing that you shouldn't be doing. We can, we can recognise it. Okay, this is, this is the voice of the Lord that's speaking to me, whether that's through another person um, or through a sense in our prayer times or from the church or the scriptures. We can have that, that conviction that, okay, this is the truth that's calling me to some particular way or to stop some particular thing. But then there's some other force in our life, whether it's you know, a relationship or some other delight that we have that we don't want to let go of. We can try and have it both ways. We can go, okay, there's a tension here, but I think I can see a way around this such that I can hold on to both goods. And that never really works out well for us. Um, so while Herod doesn't want to do John the Baptist any harm, he still has him chained up in prison which while he thinks, okay, I'm not killing him, I'm looking after him, I've still imprisoned him, um, but still he's keeping his wife happy. Um, but then in doing so, he's also ignoring what John was actually telling him. He's, he's, he's not responded at all to the call that he's living in a, a sinful relationship and should move away from that. And then um, when we put ourselves in this kind of position, um, the tension of the call of sin and virtue is just going to get more and more difficult to face because then we see that um, having already had John chained up in prison and already trying to do what his wife wanted him to do, Herod's faced with another even more difficult decision of, okay, now, I've, now I'm being asked to kill the man. And there's this interesting little line of, of he's, he's been delighted by... Um, the daughter who danced for him, and then he makes this oath of, oh, I'll, I'll give you anything, in front of the whole party of all the important people that he's invited to dinner. But then she comes back with the request that I want John the Baptist's head. And it says, the king was deeply distressed, but thinking of the oaths he had sworn and of his guests, he was reluctant to break his word to her. So why is Herod not willing to protect John at this point? It's because he's got a reputation and that he's got the, the security and authority of being king and he's got all of these people who are um, kind of under his power and they're serving him and they're loyal to him but because 
he's a man of his word and he doesn't want to go against that. He's got a reputation to protect. And it would, it would be giving up something to say, okay, no, I'm not willing to kill John because I don't think he should die. But it's because he set himself up in this situation in front of everybody that now he feels like he, he, he would be ruining his reputation. He would be ruining how others see him by going against his word. So therefore, he has to give in to the request. And so often we can put ourselves in this situation of, of kind of chaining ourselves to a sin because of whether how other people see us or what we've promised to do or um, particularly if we've tried to have it both ways and say, yeah, I'll, I'll kind of follow the voice of good, but I'll also hold on to this um, sinful pleasure as well. The, another, another verse of scripture that came to my mind as I was reflecting on this was, um, I think it's in Hebrews. I've heard it recently in the scriptures and we've been reading from the book of Hebrews. Um, but it it's, says something along the lines of, um, you should keep persevering because you have not yet had to struggle in the fight against sin to the point of death. Um, something like that. You know, you've been struggling against sin, but you've not yet had to go to the point of death. And whenever I hear that text, I'm like, oh, have I really been resisting sin <laughs> that hard? Have I really been you know, that adamant that I want to pursue virtue and that I want to do the right thing? Because so often when temptation's coming against us, it's asking us to sacrifice something, whether it's asking us to sacrifice um, some comfort or some pleasure or... Um, a path that we think would be easier, perhaps, or um, even, even giving up um, some ease of relationship or somebody seeing us in a particular light, that if we do something we might look strange to others or, or our friends might turn away from us if we act in a particular way. But there's, there's some truth in that, that when we follow the path of the Lord, there is sacrifice involved. But in the end... We're actually going after the fullness of life and the fullness of goodness that God has in store for us. And whatever it is that's, that we're giving up um, is in the end not going to be anything compared to the life that God has for us. So we see here that Herod was being asked to give up this reputation to make himself look like a fool a bit, to make himself look like a liar and go against the oath that he'd made. Um, but it was so that he could have spared this man's life so that he could have actually responded to the holiness and the goodness of the word of God that he'd seen coming from John's mouth. So, the important thing for us, I think, in this kind of wrestle within ourselves of how sin pulls at us and temptation is to, firstly, to, to recognise these kind of movements, to recognise where are we seeing that, that prodding from God where we, where we recognise that there's some truth being told to us to call us to act in some direction, but also to recognize what is it that I'm being drawn to, to cling to that my heart doesn't want to give up, um, or what is it perhaps the, the way that people think of me or the, the little pleasures in my life that I want to keep hold of that. And also, where, where am I trying to keep the best of both worlds? Um, I'm trying to make a compromise with sin because the Lord asks us, to set our hearts completely upon him. Um, he says that I've, I've come to bring a sword, not just peace, and, and that sword does come to, to draw a line in our hearts between um, goodness and virtue, 
and those behaviors that take us away from him. So let's um, invite the Spirit to bring that kind of awareness into our hearts um, and also to bring the courage and the strength for us to decide that we do want to follow the Lord, that we do want to live out of love and out of honesty um, and out of kindness instead of giving in to those other desires of our hearts. But let's throw ourselves upon the Lord so that we can do this in his strength.